I just don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> True Crimes and Storytimes. I'm Michelle. I'm Kirsten. And it's my last true crime of the Halloween season. And, um, yeah, Halloween's my favorite. It's almost over. It makes me sad. But then there's Christmas. And I also love decorating for Christmas, Mm, so. I love the colors of Christmas. I just love (laughs) looking at the Christmas tree. I'm one of those people that like Halloween the 31st christmas november 1st oh yeah for sure i put my tree up like uh, immediately as soon as possible yes i'm holding my arm in the air yeah it's kind of comfortable <laughs> Anyways. i'll put like my, most of my decoration my christmas decorations up on november 1st but like since i have two small kids mm-hmm. i don't put my christmas tree up until like right before christmas for probably for like a week mm-hmm. and then take it down but then i'll leave the rest of my christmas decorations up so i can enjoy them a little bit longer yeah that's the why Christmas i like tree everything isn't up that long november 1st that's mm-hmm. why i like everything up then but you guys should be getting this episode like right before halloween a little spooky spook mm-hmm. right before halloween my episode today mm-hmm. is about um ronald o'brien aka the candy man i have never heard of this it- i don't think I thought I'd save this one for last mm-hmm. because it is a Halloween case. Very fitting. Yeah. Um, let's just get into it. Uh, leave us a review, a rating. Follow, follow us on us. our socials. Yeah. Follow us here so you can yeah. come back and listen. Yeah. You know? Save it. Yeah. Save our, save it. Click the little button that says follow mm-hmm. or save or whatever it says. Or rate. Or rate. <laughs> or review. And let us know how we're doing. <laughs> yeah, please. Anyways, let's get into Ronald. Ronald. Ron. McDonald. (laughs) So, there's really not much, like, background on Ronald. Mm -hmm. So, only thing I really know is that he lived with his wife. Her name was Denine. Okay. In Deer Park, Texas, with their son, Timothy, and daughter, Elizabeth. Okay. And Ronald worked as an optician at texas day optical in sharpstown houston that's like an eye doctor right yeah he was a deacon at the second baptist church where he sang in the choir and ran a local bus program okay in october 31st on october 31st of mm-hmm. 1974 ronald took his two children trick-or-treating in a pasadena texas neighborhood okay ronald's neighbor and his two children also went with them so Okay. There's four kids, two adults. I'm really scared of where this is going to go. So after visiting a home where no one answered the door, the children went on to the next home ahead of Ronald. Okay. And he eventually caught up with the group and had five 21-inch pixie sticks. Those massive ones, mm-hmm. bro. You remember those? Yeah. Now now this is ringing a bell. Is it ringing a bell? It's ringing a bell. Is now. it ringing a bell? It's ringing a bell. <laughs> I don't know where or why, but I know. Okay. What do you think is going to happen? Let me hear. I don't want to, like, spoil it. 
I just want to hear your thoughts. Okay, so Ronald got the pixie sticks. Mm-hmm. He gives them to the kids and the kids die. Okay. Right. Let's just, let's go on. Let, let me tell okay. the story. Okay. I just wanted to hear your theory. I'm not going to confirm or deny. I That's my theory. That's theory. what I, like, in my brain, like, remember it. Mm-hmm. If it's the same case. Mm-hmm. I just like to hear theories That's what I at remember the beginning to see if you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like I said, he got the five massive fucking pixie sticks. <laughs> I love pixie sticks, too. Me, too. They're so good. Even but though they're, they're literally sugar. fucking straight sugar. Which, they're like, die. so good. <laughs> they are good, but you won't want to eat any after this. Oh, God. At the end of the night, Ronald gave each of his neighbors two children a pixie sticks and one each to Timothy and Elizabeth. On the way home, Robert gave the fifth pixie stick mm-hmm. to a 10-year-old boy who he recognized from his church okay before bed timothy asked to eat some of the candy he collected and according to ronald he chose the pixie sticks okay and timothy actually had trouble getting the candy to come out of the pixie sticks so mm-hmm. ronald helped him out like, well, he had to help him get it sometimes it does get like crystallized mm-hmm. in there and stuck and you have to like break it apart. Yeah. yeah so he had to help him okay after tasting the candy, though, Timothy said that it tasted pretty bitter. Mm-hmm. And then Ronald gave Timothy some Kool-Aid to wash away the taste. Like, okay. here you go, you know, whatever. Wash it down. Must have been a bad one. Yeah. And then Timothy started complaining that his stomach hurt. Mm-hmm. And he was crying, and then he ran to the bathroom where he began vomiting and convulsing. Mm-hmm. Ronald said he held Timothy while he was vomiting, and the child went limp in his arms. Okay. And Timothy O'Brien died en route to the hospital less than an hour after consuming the candy. Okay. R.I.P. to Timothy. So sad. So, Timothy's death from poisoned Halloween candy raised fear in the community. I mean, I don't know if you remember growing up, but I always remember seeing the news saying, like, check your kids halloween candy even and still blah, blah, blah. it's, it's yeah. so much worse now like i've seen people talk about you know letting their kids go trick-or-treating but then when it's time to like check the candy mm-hmm. they just throw all the candy out and replace it with bagged candy they bought from the store mm-hmm. because that you cannot trust anybody nowadays i really don't think it's that deep i really think it's more of a sensationalized I don't, thing i don't think it's that deep but people have got it so like I think it's just like the satanic panic. Yes, it's just so sensationalized that everybody thinks that there's something in their kid. Like if if you're smart about it, well, obviously you want to check through the kid's candy and see. Okay, well this is open, so obviously no. Right. They're not gonna eat that. I'm gonna throw that away Mm -hmm. if it looks opened or tampered with. Mm -hmm. I mean, my mom like still like checked through our candy. Yeah. And obviously, I was old enough to tell myself Mm -hmm. whether it was bad or not. Yeah. And you can kind of judge, like, I don't want to say, like, judge a book by its cover, Mm -hmm. but, like, going to certain neighborhoods where, like, you know, you're going to get good candy, you're not going to worry about, Mm -hmm. you know, going to the neighborhood that you live in. Yeah. Like, my neighborhood, fine. Yeah. Going to people's houses We always went to the rich town. Oh, for sure. For and sure. they had like three blocks, bro, uh-huh. and they would give out like full candy bars. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking and, about. Like, yeah, you don't go to like some random guy on the street. Yeah, that's handing hey, out candy. You know, you know? like has a white van that says free candy on the side. You want some candy? <laughs> Literally, but yeah, I just feel like it's very sensationalized. Yeah, I feel like now. it's really not that deep. It's really not. Like people really just enjoy handing out candy. And the people that say like, "Oh, watch out! They're gonna put edibles in your kids' candy." 
Nobody's out here wasting their edibles to put in That's your kids' candy. That's what I'm candy. saying. Why are you going to go spend so much on edibles to hand them to some kids? They're Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They're not. They're bro. expensive. That's... I think. Y'all are tripping. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, numerous parents in Deer Park and the surrounding area turned in candy their children got from trick-or-treating to the police. Mm-hmm. Just in case there was anything else. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, they were scared. Right. Like, I mean, I would be, too, if that happened to a kid mm-hmm. in my neighborhood. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Or even in then the town. Then I would be, yeah. like, did they trick-or-treat at the same house? Yeah. So... Obviously, the police didn't initially suspect Ronald of anything. He was with them trick-or-treating. Right. They were like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But Timothy's autopsy revealed that the pixie sticks he had consumed was actually laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Mm. Yikes. Four of the five pixie sticks Ronald said that house had gave him were recovered by authorities from the other children. So they were all, like, taken back, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. So, luckily, none of them had consumed any. Good. But the parents of the fifth child did become hysterical at one point because they could not locate the pixie stick. Mm. And they actually rushed upstairs, found their son asleep, and he was holding the pixie stick. He couldn't get it open. Mm. So, they got lucky. That's scary. The reason that he could not get it open is because it was stapled shut. We all know that pixie sticks are not staple shut. Even no. the big ones that are plastic, they're, like, melted together. Yeah. So, it's a good thing he didn't get to eat Yeah. Any. So, all five of the pixie sticks had been opened to be examined because they still had the pixie stick from Timothy that he ate. Mm-hmm. He got, it got turned in. So, the top two inches. That's a lot. Or 51 millimeters was refilled with cyanide powder and then resealed with a staple you have to think how big around those big pixie sticks are yeah that's a lot of fucking cyanide they're like i don't know a nickel mm-hmm. around yeah and like two inches they're massive that's bro. A, and especially for a child mm-hmm. that's crazy so according to a pathologist who tested the pixie sticks the candy consumed by timothy contained enough cyanide to kill two adults yeah dude but the other four candies contained enough to kill three or four wow. adults. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And this happened to this poor fucking child, dude. Mm. It kills me when I was reading this. It hit I me know. in the heart. Makes me, like, worry for Jeffrey, you know? You don't have to worry, bro. I know. We be checking his candy. We be checking. This is going to be the first year that he's, like, actually going to go trick-or-treating. And actually, like, remember it probably. Yeah. Like, at least partially. We have never taken him trick-or-treating. I mean, he's only three, so. Yeah. He doesn't have to go. Yeah. I think I know we did people... when he was a baby, only yeah. because, like, it was our first time being parents. Mm-hmm. But then after that, we were like, he's not going to remember this. It is cold yeah. where we live Literally. Halloween. So I'm like, we'll just buy him some candy. Mm-hmm. He always gets, like, treat bags. Yeah. So. Oh. He gets it. I'm pretty sure I gave him one last year. I think or you did. the year before. Or was it both? Probably both. Probably. So Ronald initially told police that he couldn't remember which house he got the pixie sticks from. Mm-hmm. Police became suspicious because Ronald and his neighbor had only taken their children to homes on two streets because it had been raining that night. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, we'll just do these two streets. We'll take the kids back home. They'll have plenty of candy. Mm-hmm. So, they soon learned that none of these homes they visited had given out pixie sticks. Hmm. And after walking the neighborhood with police, 
three times. Ronald led them to the home where no one had answered the door, and he said he got the pixie sticks from. Interesting. Remember, because the kids got impatient. So and they, they went left. on to the next house. Yeah, but he stayed behind to see if somebody would answer the door. And then magically had pixie sticks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nonchalantly, the 21 fucking inch ones, by the way. Like, like where did he get them from? Yeah. That's, like, even if... Okay. Apparently that house is what he's saying. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. All right. So, Ronald claimed that he went back there before catching up with the group. And he said the owner of the home did not turn on the lights, but did crack the door open and hand him the five pixie sticks. Hmm. And he claimed to have only seen the man's arm. Okay. He described it as hairy. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Same. Like, I know a lot okay, of people with some yeah, hairy arms. Literally, like, okay. okay. <laughs> what a description. Yeah. <laughs> so the home is actually owned by a name, man Courtney. What? <laughs> a man named... <laughs> a nam maned... What? You said a, a name man. <laughs> okay. A man named Courtney Melvin. There you go. Courtney was an air traffic controller at William P. Hobby Airport. That would be so cool. I, I feel like that's so stressful. It like, would be even very with the stressful. job, even the job I work now, like, it has to do with, like, aircraft. Air- yeah, yeah. And things like that. And, like, I've heard the air traffic control like people talking on the thing and it just seems like super extra like i used to work on the ambulance right and that was like you always do hey you it's me like yeah. hey ambulance 24 it's ambulance 23 blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah, yeah yeah so i just feel like air traffic control is just a lot of lingo that i just don't get and that's yeah. probably why mm-hmm. but anyways i was sh- thinking i i i realized i was thinking of the wrong job Mm -hmm. that would be cool but i was thinking of the people in the airport that like direct the airplanes oh yeah like with the lights why could i see you out there like dancing (laughs) like having a party this way this way take to the lift (laughs) (laughs) so courtney actually didn't get home from work until 11 p.m on halloween night okay and police ruled melvin oh courtney his last name is melvin sorry yes 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 out as a suspect when over 200, 200 people That's confirmed people. that he had been at work. That's a lot of witness so, alibis. As their investigation progressed, police learned that Ronald O'Brien was over $100,000 U.S. in debt. And that's equivalent to about $550,000 in today's money. Wow. So he had a history of being unable to hold a job. Okay. In in the 10 years preceding the crime, Ronald had actually held 21 jobs. Wow. And at the time of his arrest, he was suspected of theft at his job at Texas State Optical and was actually close to being fired. Okay. So his car was about to be repossessed. He had defaulted on several bank loans and the family home had been foreclosed on. But how... Okay, just keep going. You'll realize how this all integrates with the story. I have a a feeling I know how. Yep, you probably do. Yeah, because it happens all the time. Yep. Police discovered that Ronald had taken out life insurance policies on his children in the months before Timothy's death. It's always a life insurance. Yep. Just don't get life insurance. I have life insurance. But it all goes to my mother. (laughs) And I don't think she's going to kill me, so. (laughs) (laughs) So... Anyways, in January of 1974, 
he had taken out 10000 which is equivalent to $54,946 okay. of life insurance policies on both of his children. Okay. And then one month before Timothy's death, Ronald took out additional $20,000 dollar, baller, baller. <laughs> dollar policies on both children, despite the objections of his life insurance agency. Okay. In the days preceding Timothy's death... Ronald had taken out yet another $20,000 policy on each child. Okay. All these policies totaled up to be about $60,000 in 1974. Okay. So that's a lot of money today. Yeah, yeah. Ronald's wife maintained that she did not know about the insurance policies Ronald had for the children. Mm -hmm. So police also learned that on the morning after Timothy's death, Ronald had called his insurance company to inquire about collecting the policies. That's sick. He had taken out on Timothy. This is your child. Yeah. Your child. Mm-hmm. So, after learning that Ronald had visited a chemical supply store in Houston mm. to buy cyanide shortly before Halloween of 1974, police began to suspect that Ronald had laced the candies with poison to obviously collect on the life insurance policies. And he wasn't trying to just kill Timothy. He was going to kill his daughter to get her life insurance money, yeah. too. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. You're really... So... Uh, that makes he, me so mad as a parent. Literally. He actually couldn't get the cyanide because he realized the smallest amount he could purchase was five pounds. So he only used two inches, which is still a lot, but not yeah. even anywhere close near five pounds of cyanide. Yeah. So, they thought that he gave the other children the cyanide laced pixie sticks to obviously cover up the crime. Mm -hmm. Police repeatedly questioned Ronald, but he continued to maintain his innocence. Like, you're, you're guilty. Yeah, literally. Like, you're literally guilty, so just, like, come clean. Mm -hmm. Police never discovered where Ronald bought the poison, which, it's 1974, so if there's a I'm not going to fault them for that. Yeah. I mean... There wasn't debit cards, I don't think, back then, was there? Yeah, I know. And even if you paid with for, with cash, I yeah, mean, They can't track that. No. So, police never... Oh, I said that. He was arrested for Timothy's murder on November 5th of 1974. Not too, not too long after. No. He was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. I hope he rots. So, Ronald entered a plea of not guilty to all five counts. Okay. Because this dude is literally still trying to maintain his innocence. Literally, if you, okay, if you plead not guilty, I don't know if you know this or not, mm -hmm. or maybe this is not true, I don't know. If you plead not guilty, mm -hmm. and then you're found guilty, like, your sentence is going to be worse. Yeah. So, if, like, if they were going to give him, I don't know, I don't know what the, what what it is for mm -hmm. his You'll charges, but if they were going to give him, like, 20 years. Mm -hmm. whatever and then he would plead guilty he would have done 20 years yeah but now he's pleading not guilty then they're gonna be like okay life yeah like that's how like that's how it works well like, you'll be you happy don't, you'll be happy at the end like you know what i'm saying well happy for what you so, can like, be you for the situation just plead guilty yeah right to get the lesser sentence so his trial began in houston on may 5th of 1975 okay so the next year during the trial a chemist who was acquainted with Ronald testified that in the summer, in the summer of 1973, Ronald had contacted him asking about cyanide and how much would be fatal. So this is a whole year that's, before he killed his son. That's crazy. A chemical supply salesman also testified that Ronald had asked him how to purchase cyanide. Friends and coworkers testified that in the months before Timothy's death, 
Ronald showed an unusual interest in cyanide and spoke about how much it would take to kill a person. Ronald's sister-in-law and brother-in-law testified that on the day of Timothy's funeral, he spoke of using the money from Timothy's insurance policy to take a long vacation and buy other items. But not pay off your debt? Nope. You just want more money. So, his wife Mm -hmm. also rejected the claim that Timothy chose the pixie sticks, stating that Mm. Ronald had forced him to choose it. That's sick. And Ronald continued to maintain his innocence. (laughs) So, his defense mainly drew upon the decades-old urban legend concerning a mad poisoner who hands out Halloween candy lace with poison or needles or candy apples with razor blades inserted. We've all heard those. These stories have persisted, despite the fact that there are no documented instances of strangers poisoning Halloween candy. Mm -hmm. The case and subsequent trial garnered national attention, and the press dubbed Ronald as the Candyman. Mm -hmm. On June 3rd of 1975, a jury took 46 minutes to find Ronald guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Rot. And the jury took 71 minutes to sentence him to death by electrocution. Holla. So, shortly after he was convicted, his wife also filed for a divorce. Me, I would too. Fuck you, Ronald. You killed my child. Literally. She later remarried and her new husband adopted her daughter, Elizabeth. Oh. At the time, men sentenced to death under Texas law were confined to the Ellis one-year, one unit near Huntsville, Texas. According to Reverend Carol Pickett, a former chaplain who worked for the Texas Department of Criminal Justice... Ronald was actually shunned by his fellow death row inmates (laughs) for killing his child and was absolutely friendless. When people are in prison and they Mm -hmm. have sentences like that, like, the other prison inmates... They don't like you. No, they don't like you. Like, if you do anything to, like... I think the main one is, like, children. Yep. Like, they will make your life absolutely it's hell. like the ch- it's like children the elderly mm-hmm. or like your mom like yeah your parents you're maybe. like shunned like you're looked mm-hmm. down upon by like these other murderers and people yep. that have done these like horrible crimes mm-hmm. they're like oh fuck you dude yeah still they all deserve to be in there if you i mean yeah but the inmates reportedly petitioned to hold an un an organized demonstration on Ronald's execution date to express their hatred of him. They wanted everybody to know how much they hated him. Yeah. So, Ronald's first execution date was set for August 8th of 1980. Not That's not long after the Mm-mm. incident. That's about six years. Mm-hmm. His attorney successfully, successfully petitioned for a stay of execution. And then a second date was scheduled for May 25th, 1982. Two more years. That day was also postponed. Judge Michael McSpadden scheduled a third execution date for October 31st of 1982. That was... The 8th anniversary of the crime, and he offered to personally drive Ronald to the death chamber. Hmm. It was to have been the first time Texas executed an inmate by lethal injection. Oh. So, at first they said, oh, he was going to die by electrocution. But they did away with that. Like, eight years went by after the fact, so... The Supreme Court delayed the date yet again to give Ronald a chance to pursue an appeal and to seek a new trial. Why does he need to seek a new trial? A fourth date was scheduled for March 31st of 1984, almost 10 years later. That's crazy. 
Ronald's lawyer sought a fourth stay on the basis that lethal injection was a cruel and unusual punishment. I don't think so. No, they that's literally probably put like, you to sleep and you die in your sleep. That's literally probably the least painful one. Yeah. Would he rather die by electrocution? Right. So on March 28th, a federal judge rejected the request. Finally. And on March March 31st of 1984, shortly after midnight, Ronald was executed by lethal injection at the Huntsville unit. Good. His last meal consisted of T-bone steak, medium to well done. Well done. Gross. Ew. French fries and ketchup. Whole kernel corn. It's corn. It's corn. Sweet peas. Lettuce and tomato salad with egg and French dressing. Iced tea, sweetener, saltines, Boston cream pie, and rolls. Ronald's last words were, What is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I would forgive all who have taken part in any way in my death. Also, to anyone I have offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask your forgiveness, just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my undying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts I love you one and all. God bless you all, and may God's best blessings be always yours. Ronald C. O'Brien. P.S. During my time here, I have been treated well by all TDC personnel. No one gives a fuck. Literally. (laughs) During the execution, a crowd of 300 demonstrators gathered outside the prison and cheered, while some yelled, trick or treat. Others showered anti-death penalty demonstrators with candy. They were like, fuck you. He's dying anyways. Here's some candy. That reminds me of, like, the people that stand out of, like, um, um, what are those clinics called? Abortion clinics? Not abortion clinics, but, like, um, and basically. Like family planning Family planning. That's what I was thinking of. Um, with, like, abortion signs. Yeah. And it's like, no fuck fuck off. off. Yeah. Ronald O'Brien is buried in Forest Park East Cemetery in Webster, Texas, and Timothy is buried in Forest Park Lawndale Cemetery in Houston. And that is all. I'm glad he's dead. Me Not too. Timothy. No, Ronald. Ronald. Fuck Ronald, bro. He got what he deserved. That was a good one. It was a good one. I didn't know all of the ins and outs. I knew the general gist. Yeah. But... Go give us a rating, a review, follow us, mm-hmm. go check out our socials, mm-hmm. and we'll catch you in the next one. Oh, don't forget, my story time episode is coming. Mm-hmm. I'll be the next story time episode, and Kirsten will be the next true crime. I will be, Michelle's going to be putting out an episode on Wednesday, Yep. and then a week from today, I'm hitting you with the chicken coop mood, mood, moodus. Chicken coop murders. murders. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what that is, make sure to go listen to it. Yep. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.